the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let us hope. And good morning, everyone. It is a minute after 9, 710 KNUS. Almost feel like we should start it one more time. It is a Saturday morning. I'm Peter Boyles on the air everywhere. 41 will be the high. It's not, it was cold last night, bitter cold. And Sunday, 47, 53 on Monday. It is Saturday morning, the 19th of November, 2022. Good old 710 KNUS. Give me an idea. What's, oh, a couple of things. And then we're going to go to the hitman, Joe Williams. Uh, we have two shoots that are up on the website, 710knus.com, and then click on shows, come to Peter Boyles. One is with Brother Jeff, and the other was with Jack Phillips from Masterpiece Bakery. I think both of them are home runs. You get an opportunity to take a look. We will do the imaginary Thanksgiving Day Parade. George and I will do it this Wednesday morning between 7 and 10. In the meantime and in between time, please say good morning and welcome back to the radio show. He is the man, the one and the only, the hit man. Joe Williams, Hits, good morning, man. Thanks for doing the show one more time. And now for the revenue-producing part of today's program. I always, always loved uh, messages of interest and importance to you all. (laughs) Take take down the lanterns and pay off the band. That's right. You know, do that on the fire and call the dogs. When 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 you and Irv sold. By the way, Joe Williams, legendary radio talk show host, hit man, wonderful friend. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with Steve Harms, and I was going to oh, I, yeah. no, I was going to bring him in as a uh, as a surprise mystery guest this morning, and he's on his way as a job to do. So we'll we'll get him on. We'll, How's he doing? You know, he's doing well. Um, I saw him at Buck Scott's tribute, and we've hooked up, and we 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 had a phone conversation a week ago. And went down memory lane. Yeah, Pete, remember when uh, him and the Ayatollah were with us over at K-Big. Absolutely. And we called we call them the Tank Brothers, Sherman and Sandy. That's right. <laughs> the Tank Brothers. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, Sandy Sandy Clough is talking about who his real name is Sherman. And um, Steve always called him Sherm on the air. And Sandy did our shoot with us, and he did the radio show with us when, when he pulled the pin and it was, I mean, it's hilarious and always gets back to Irv and always gets back to Irv, Irv Brown um, is the epicenter for you, for Dave Logan. For, yeah, I still uh, can't believe he's gone. Oh. I still can't believe it. Yeah, Joe, Joe Williams is with us, 710 KNUS. Peter Boyles, good morning, everyone. Um, I was, we're going to talk about what sports in Colorado, Broncos in, in, um, in particular. But So anyhow, so last week, Stevie and I talked for... I don't know. I don't know how long, and just you know, bounced off the memory lane part of part of this and everybody that we knew that we worked together, and it's 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 obvious to anybody that knew that history. Irv Brown made all of it work, and Hal Moore, who I'm trying to get to do a shoot, Hal Moore brought Irv in, and Irv was an NBA ref. Is that is that how that went down? I think it is. I think Irv started at KHOW. Uh, yeah, and it was Hal. I think that uh, I know. I know uh, it was Hal. Started. Ir- I think it's Hal that broke Irv in. Yeah, I, and he brought Irv didn't know what he was doing. And I, you know what? I was listening to him. I was listening, and 
you know, hell, 50 years ago, Pete, I was listening to you on Saturday morning doing the AAA report. With Bob Lee. Yeah, with Bob Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Bob. We're telling Bob Lee <laughs> stories the other day. Great Bob oh, Lee stories, you know. Um, oh, God, he was the best. Oh. You and, you and Hal Moore and Bob Lee, it didn't get any better than that. Well, Hal, Irv, I think, was Irv still in the NBA reffing games when Hal brought him in? I think he was. No, no, Irv wasn't reffing in the NBA. Okay. He was uh, – uh, when when he got brought in, that's I right. He's he college ball. At, I, college ball. He was just at yeah. the tail end yeah. of his NCAA career. And then, had he had he retired, and then how? I mean, how should answer this? But how brought him into K? How to read the scores? And because how liked him? And Irv Irv is one of those guys that had the innate ability. You're certainly one of them. Uh, Mike Rosen's another one. Berg was another one that had the innate ability just to sit down in front of Dave Logan, just to sit down in front of the microphone and do the show. That was great. Yeah, he, uh, I, I can remember long before I knew him, I was listening to him do those scores. And every once in a while, they'd uh, have him call in. He'd sit in there, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was on Saturdays, and people would call in, couldn't believe it was him. And he was on the air. And Irv, you know, Irv, uh, like he'd been doing it all his life. You know, yeah. he just, uh, he was yeah. that way. And as I said, you know, when we talk about funerals, when we talk about tributes, the one that was the private one that his family held was unbelievable. Everybody's sitting there, Sandy, you, me, everybody, Irv, um, of course, brought that. Dave Logan brought that great love. And then, of course. Yeah, and listen to, and listen to his boys talk about it. Oh. You know, Casey yeah. and, and oh. Mike and oh. Greg. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was um it was something. It was really close. It yeah. made it, but kind of drew everybody in. It certainly did. So, Joe Williamson, I got to tell you something. I, I went through COVID. I think you've bounced off it now too. And so, um, I, 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 the the ghost writer on the Bill O'Reilly books, the ghost is the guy that's doing all the all the great work. He's now done a, and I read it in like a day and a half on on killing the champions, and he did a book, and it's about Muhammad. Uh, John Lennon and Elvis. Elvis is the first person. Um, Muhammad is the second person about how they died, their death. And I was, we had brother Jeff did a shoot with us. And, you know, and I, I'm the hitman, Joe Williams, who's with us, really knows an awful lot about prize fighting and fighting. He's judge fights, and we talk about fights all the time. But what a job that was done on Muhammad in those final eight to ten fights that he took. Wow. He should have never had never. Ta- I knew that he should have never taken the fights, but I didn't know how bad he was physically. Well, they were trying to make money off of him. You know, it just that, that that's the way it was. You know, they uh, he shouldn't have been in there, and uh, as it does for most fighters, it doesn't end very good. You know, uh, every once in a while, Marvin Hagler and a guy like him will walk away. You know, but uh, Tommy Hearns uh, uh, was not the same. He kept. Uh, he kept fighting even after, uh, you know, his uh, glory years and moved up to 175 and, of course, wasn't nearly the fighter that he was when he was fighting at 147 or 154, even 160. But that's the way it works. And uh, I haven't read the book, Pete. I'll yeah, have to get Joe, that. please. I mean, it is um, my daughter's reading it now. Um, the Elvis stuff is brutal. I mean, it is really a pull back the curtain. You know, and I knew some of the Elvis stuff because of many of the stories that came out of Denver with Elvis stories in the Denver PD. But the Muhammad stuff, and, and I didn't realize that Herbert Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad's son, becomes his manager. 
and yes. I, and they and the other part that I didn't know, and you know, I'm I'm a huge Joe Fraser fan. So Eddie Futch, who I'm like this amazing character that shows up too. So th- between the the second, because uh, the first fight Joe wins, the second fight Muhammad wins, and then Eddie Futch, according to this book, teaches Joe Fraser how to throw a right hand because he's notorious for this killer left, and yeah, and right. Eddie and Eddie takes him aside, and in the book. Muhammad was hit in the face 440 times in the Manila fight. 440 times, Joe. Well, you remember after the fight, uh, Ali said it was the closest he'd ever been to death. They both. And I mean, it was yeah, it was it was. I mean, it, it was something. I, I think they were both. I think I think they both had killed each other that night. I, That's what that was I, said. Either, yeah. I don't think either one of them was ever the same. No, you know. There's a there's a wonderful book, and it's one of my favorite fight books, maybe my favorite, and it's entitled Ghosts of Manila. And Muhammad said, me and Joe went to the Philippines champions. We both came home ghosts. Yeah. And it's called The Ghosts yeah, of Manila. A, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah that, that's a line. You know, uh, later on, you know, I don't think Joe ever got I don't think he ever let it go. Uh, uh, no. deal with uh, no. Ali. No. Ali did. Uh, I talked with both. I got to, Urban, I got to uh, interview uh, both of them in later years. And uh, I don't think, uh, talking to Frazier, I don't think he ever, ever let it go. I agree. He never for, he never forgave Ali. Never. Well, he loaned him money. You know, he had kept him alive because he knew the money fight was the, he knew that they, those, he had been stripped. And Joe had defeated everybody. But he knew the big money fight was Muhammad. And so that story about when he picks him up in the car and he gives him money to, you know, to continue because, you know, he had huge expenses. And um, Joe treated him good. And then he tomed Joe and that started the whole thing. And but so this guy really he spends time with Eddie Futch. He spent by the way, after that fight, I don't think Ferdy Pacheco ever went back. I think he stayed away because he knew what was coming for Muhammad. And yes, so, he did. And he, I don't mm-hmm. think he cornered him, was ever around him again because he didn't. He loved no, him. no, he, he uh, as a matter of fact, and he told us uh, on uh, several occasions uh, exactly why. He did not approve of it. He didn't think Ali should ever be in the ring. Yeah. And uh, he, he broke ties yeah. with everybody. Yeah, he did. I think it had something to do with it. And yeah. I, never, I never knew that till finishing this book that that's when he walked. And so in that final round, and I didn't know that the – the referee was a Filipino, not, I mean, only because it plays out. So the place is like 130 degrees, I guess, it, and the cigarette smoke. I guess it must have been just a, a horrible place to fight in. And Muhammad sits down on the stool and says, cut the gloves off. Before, before Eddie stops the fight from Joe, Joe literally, and I didn't know that, that Joe was warm, you know, when in training, hitting the, 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 not the heavy bag, but the speed bag, had popped like one of those eyelets had come, yeah. come back. I didn't know that Joe had hit him in the eye. And he was like semi-blind in one eye, never told anybody that he was fighting. That's the first I've ever heard of Yeah, that. it's in the yeah. book. That he's fighting one-eyed or basically. And so he and he's, he's willing to go. And, and uh, Eddie Futch won't let him fight. And Muhammad's over there saying, cut him off, cut the gloves off. And then the referee signals in Spanish that, no, this is, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful book, sing, 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 signals in Spanish that 
that Eddie Fatch has said, stop the fight. And it was like seconds before Muhammad was going to, was going to, uh, and he was telling Yeah, Frazier was unbelievable. Oh. He just kept coming. I mean, he get hit. He, get, you know, hey, Pete, he made a great third baseman. Stop line drives with Man. the face. Oh. He didn't care. <laughs> then you, you had a chance. See, I regret, I regret. I never, I mean, I, cause I, I truly loved Joe Frazier. He's like my guy. Right. And I, I know you got interviews with him, or at least I believe you did. Oh yeah, well we 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 had him two or three times. Yeah. We go out to Vegas, advance a few of the fights, and of course they trot everybody in there. That was uh, one of the perks of the job. We didn't have to do anything. Got to talk to all these guys, you know. And by and large, Pete, uh, my favorite athletes in the world, professional boxers. You wouldn't believe it, but most of them were uh, 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 not assuming. They they uh, were humble people. Yeah. Most of them really were, and uh, outside of the ring. You would have never guessed what their profession was, and yeah. uh, it, you know that just uh, by and large, most every one of them that I ever ran into, and God, we did a lot of hundreds of them, and uh, they were they were that way. Uh, it was uh, something like they had an inner calm about mm-hmm. them, and I guess you'd have to have to do what they did. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, but uh, it was okay, and for most of them, if they were beaten by. Uh, a better man. They had no problem saying that he was the better guy tonight. And, you know, they, uh, just a different breed of cat. Uh, they were, uh, I think one of my favorite, uh, athletes of all time was Tommy Hearns. Very soft, very soft spoken, oh. you know, uh, outside of the ring, you would have never guessed his profession if he didn't know what it was. I agree. And, uh, just, uh, I mean, he was Emmanuel Stewart. Yeah. You know, he had all those yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, was it, they had all the stories too. Was that one of, if not in the top five greatest fights, Hagler Hearns? It was, hey, uh, Ring Magazine, they did a, they, uh, they polled everybody and said it was the number one fight, wow. uh, of all time. Three, uh, <sighs> listen, I've watched it. Pete, I was, si- I was sitting ringside <sighs> by Burt Sugar and it was the damnedest thing. You know, that first round was just crazy. Oh, oh. Uh, absolutely crazy. And I saw, uh, and uh, uh, Tommy, he, he hit Joe right down Broadway. Yeah. And I had never seen anybody survive a Hearn's right hand up to that time. Nobody. Remember when he fought Duran? Oh, yeah, sure, he lifted him right up off the canvas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he went down like a sack of cement. Yep. And I saw uh, Hagler's knees buckle and his eyes rolled up in his head. But he stayed. And I thought, that, I was sitting next to Burt Sugar. Yeah. And. I said, that's it. And both of us had bet on Hearns and said, that's it. And we were ready to go cash our money. And somehow Hagler got through it. And then uh, after the second round, the, the uh, we were sitting right next to Hagler's corner. And the the uh, referee came in there and he said, I'm going to stop this fight. You can't. Hearns was, or uh, Hagler was cut. And he said, I'm going to stop it if you don't do something about this. And he went out there and knocked him out. It's unbelievable. I've never that, seen that, that was, like that. was the, I mean, I've watched those. 15 times i like watch these guys and they're just incredible um hagler had great respect for hearns he had no respect for uh sugar Ray no Hooker. he didn't no he did he did not a lot of <laughs> no, the, a lot of guys didn't like him a lot of guys didn't like not Ray. to not yeah. to the day i mean uh, he never let it go and of course hagler never fought again he retired that was it yep. after the winter fight yeah know? no so, yeah. never fought again thought he was robbed which i don't think he was but uh, hey, he Mar- thought he was he well, said that was it and and we he were, loved Hearns yeah. and Leonard. We were talking, Brother Jeff, who's on one of the shoots, and we were talking about um, 
you know, the the Denver fight scene and who was around, but um, about how those and you know, ever seen that film Facing Ali? And of course, the the pride of Denver, Colorado, is in in on in fighting, and you think, whew, how would you like to have fought that guy? And I said, no, you know how scary that was. Joe, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to come back. And Joe Williams, kind enough to be with us, he's up on hold, 710 KNUS, and we'll talk about the Broncos, because all these people are talking about it, and I think nobody's doing anybody a service right now. If you're selling your home, you must include Gay Ribble with Empower Team in your conversation. Here's why. Gay already has buyers, and she has protected the home selling process for her clients, which means less stress and more money for you. Jim in Denver needed to sell fast, and Gay brought him in the deal over asking price in just four days from her list of 14,000 buyers. I saw her the other day. We were here, and she was with uh, Brockler and everybody, and we talked. Here's how it worked. Gay Ribble with Empower Team puts her unique system to work, creating massive demand and instant results. Multiple offers in four days, accepted the best offer, boom, and they're out and gone. Call Gay Ribble, Empower Home Team now, 833-301-SOLD. Pretty easy number, 833-301-SOLD. 833-301-SOLD or visit gayhasthebuyers.com, gayhasthebuyers.com, gay, G-A-Y-E, hasthebuyers.com. 21 minutes after 9, 921. Good morning, everyone. Saturday, the 19th of November. Really nice day. 41 is going to be the high and then 20 degrees tonight, 47 tomorrow. Joe Williams is with us. Coming up on the show, Dean Singleton and a lot of questions are going on. Plus now the uh, Colorado board votes to change the name of the mountain honoring the governor blamed for Sand Creek, and they're calling it Mount Blue Sky. we got to do a lot better than that. Uh, holidays are here. The best way to change your waist size and get back into shape is our friends, my friends, of Dr. McCallan Cenogenics. And you might be tempted to delay making healthy choices because you want to get to New Year's and the rest of that, but I would urge you, do it differently. I'm on a whole new program with Dr. McCallan. I mean, she has brought me through so much. The team at Cenogenics... Approaches healthcare, disease prevention, and aging from a research-based methodology. So whether you want to lose weight, sleep better, increase your libido, boost your immunes, flu seasons here, Cynogenics can help. They created a program designed just for people like you and I. Help you focus, become stronger, feel control of your life again. If you're a younger man, do it, start earlier. No fads, no gimmicks, take control of it. Don't suffer from low energy, lack of focus, unintentional weight gain, poor sleep. One more time, well, don't wait. Call Cenogenics and talk to Michelle. Schedule your consultation, 720-387-3681. You waited long enough. She's fabulous. 720-387-3681. The website, denver.cenogenics.com, denver.cenogenics.com. Back to the man, former radio talk show host, premier talk show host. Everyone always sends their best. The hitman, Joe Williams. So, like I said, lately it's been interesting to watch sports in Denver because you and hey, I. Pete, t- by the by yes, the sir. way, have you uh, have you ran in? I've ran into Terry Fry at uh, Sandy's retirement deal. Do you get to talk to him ever? I have, and he sent me a nice uh, email, and I'm a big Terry fan. And he got jobbed. They jobbed him. Um, oh, I know. And they they jo- the politically correct universe. And I wrote a column. Um, I was He's the a, best journalist working in Denver today. And his old man was something else. And, Wasn't uh, he though? Yeah, he was. You know, his old man. His old man was a was a was a war hero. Absolutely. World War Two. Absolutely. You know, 
Blue in the Pacific uh, in a plane that didn't have any cannons on it. I mean, it was unbelievable. He was he, he was one of those combat cameramen. Was what his dad? You know, did. he yeah, he never said anything about it either. I, mm-hmm. I never knew it. I wish I'd have known. Long story. When I, when I knew him, yeah. all I knew him was as a, was a football coach. Yeah, so. I mean, long, long story short, and he may be listening this morning, but he got jobbed, and they got the the same thing that went on with this Mount Evans thing. They decided, but you know, it's fascinating. Uh, one of the things that happened, it's for uh, later for the hour, but um, the Webb uh, telescope, I don't know if you've seen the story or not, Joe, but uh, this thing that's up there now that's taking these incredible pictures, and it's named after a guy named James Webb, the James Webb Space Telescope. And now they've looked into this man's life, and he's a former NASA administrator who really held this high-ranking government position. And they were looking, and they were, and it was the wrong thing to do. But he's just a man of his times, so they had um, LGBT uh, employees, and they, they 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 had gotten rid of them. I mean, it, it was the wrong thing to do, but it was in a moment in times. Nineteen fifty, actually forty nine to fifty two, is the purge of State Department and the rest of it. So where is he? He's working then. So now. The politically correct witch hunters want to rename the Webb Telescope. Uh, and I'm thinking we're, t- we're t- going to talk about Mount Mount Blue Sky, but this is all witch hunting. And Terry got caught up in a radio witch hunt in a in a media witch hunt, and they they got rid of him. And he's he's no more that than the man in the moon. I'm sorry to take it away. So that's the world we now live in. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. So yeah. I know he's really, and I, here's another guy. We'll get him in to, to work with us and to do a shoot. Um, is this whole thing Russell Wilson's fault? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think as uh, uh, the late uh, Louis Grizzard once wrote, shoot low boys. Riding That's right. Shoot right. That's it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they, uh, you know, it's, uh, no, it's not all Russell Wilson's fault, not by a, not by a mile. Uh, you know, when you had uh, the uh, three trustees and Elway running the place, they just ran it into the ground. And uh, what you're getting now, of course, is many years of failed draft picks, right? Uh, you get Joe Ellis uh, and the bean counters looking the other way. And uh, Slipkin Kelly, who were the other two trustees, drawing their checks. You know, finally the NFL. I mean, they always considered the Broncos one of their one of their oh, flagship yeah, sure. uh, franchises. Yeah. Pat Bowen was uh, very influential uh, in uh, among NFL owners and with the t- particularly with the TV people. You know, Pat. Uh, a lot of people may not know this, but Pat Bowen had a lot to do with uh, Sunday Night Football. Now, mm-hmm. the, the biggest show there is mm-hmm. on uh, as far as football is concerned on television, and he had a lot to do with that. And of course, as we all know. Bowling, no matter what, whether you, whatever you thought about him, if you were a Bronco fan, him and I went round and round many times over the years. There were times he would go uh, a year or two or three without even speaking, but uh, that's immaterial because in the end, what he wanted was to see the Broncos uh, compete and win. And every year, I mean, he would declare his goal, of course, was to go to the Super Bowl. It had been very easy to mock him. But, I mean, he really meant it. He would do whatever it took uh, to get things going, even if it meant uh, firing his coach for life that he hired Mike Shanahan. 
You remember that? Oh, and he fired Shanahan yeah. because it wasn't working. And, uh, of course, Pat made mistakes. And, uh, but there was never any questioning, you know, that, and, and what, uh, what, you know, what his goal was for the team and for the franchise. And he looked at it as being a caretaker, you know, for the city that basically the Broncos were the city's team. And of course he had the money and I know people will say, well, you know, he threatened to leave town mm-hmm. if he didn't build a new stadium, all that stuff. I understand how all that works. You know, uh, a lot of that goes into it, but the point is, is Pat Bowen, unfortunately, of course, got sick and uh, he could no longer uh, run the franchise and the people that he tabbed, you know, to go in its place, it didn't work. And uh, what you see now is uh, the results of all that. And now you've got the Waltons and uh, I guess Pinner is the guy that's going to run it. Uh, but uh, they've got a lot of work to do, and they've got to hope like hell that Russell Wilson pans out because they've mortgaged their future mm. and on him. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I'd be surprised if not if Hackett survives it. I'd be surprised if George Payton, the general manager, survives it. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, the Waltons had more money than God, you know that. And uh, so uh, I, I would say everybody down there is in a precarious position. You and I have talked how the Waltons are all going to get their money back. Um, Dean Singleton's coming up, and Dean knew Bolin really, really well and actually testified in that trial um, or in the court hearing on the ownership and the rest of that that went along with it. But he's a firm believer, and they were good friends. And he, you know, he believed that, and, and he, like I say, he may be listening now. He's going to be on the, on the air in half an hour. He always said if, if Pat Bolin were alive today, you know, none of this zero would be going on that he was he was able to weed and seed he was able to see weakness and and get rid of it which is what business guys do you know you can get mad at him but that so as one of the questions i want to ask you joe joe williams the hitman is our guest has the the people i see they're forcing the one guy to sell his team and these guys come in the waltons they buy a, a team and give a guy an extended contract really without watching him play um and then, I mean, I watch all this stuff. Is this a different group of owners than, say, back, you know, when, when you start following and watching football? Well, uh, yeah, and, 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 you know, you got to remember, so I'm not plugged in uh, anymore. Yeah, I know. And so I don't, I don't really talk to uh, the people who are really in the know, you know, about things of, of that nature. But uh, you, you get a, a bunch like the Waltons who come in. And Pinner, I mean, they're, you know, where where, where it's going to hit them is when people quit going to the stadium, the no-shows, you know, and uh, they'll figure that out in a hurry. And the first thing you do, if, if you're Pinner, forget about Russell Wilson. I would go to the guy who extended his contract when he mm-hmm. had two years left on that's his my, contract. That's my question. Yeah. And I'd ask him, why in the world did you give him more yeah. money? Without seeing him he play. He had two years left on his deal. Yeah. That's right. Without seeing him and, play. Yeah. yeah, and and then and, and you can ask him, well, why did you hire uh, Hackett to be the head mm-hmm. coach? Did he call call the plays in Green Bay? Nope. Did he call the plays in Jacksonville? Yes, and he got fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, it's you know it's it's such a it's such there's a, a lot of questions. Yeah. Oh no, I uh, Joe Williams, the hitman, is with us, and we're, he, I we have a revolving thing at about one. I want Joe on like once a month. Joe will come in and talk, but um, and of course had a legendary career in talk radio, and you know angered people, which I always thought was on his side. Sandy, same thing. We were talking with Sandy about how Sandy used to light people up, and 
part of it was, or at least I'm going to come back to critique local sports. I get a sense, Joe, that these television guys and some radio guys are almost afraid to be critical of the Broncos and the ownership group or the coaching. Do you think I'm out of line in thinking that? No, I don't. Uh, I don't. I haven't for a long time. Uh, there are some still, you know, who. Oh, uh, man. There are some who, you know, are, seem like pretty straight guys, but uh, the business seems to have changed a lot. And uh, there's so much money involved. You wonder if, you know, uh, people think more about keeping their jobs than than they do, you know, really providing entertainment and the kind of things that we want to listen to. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's a couple of stations in town, some of them that we used to work for, <laughs> that all they talk about are the Broncos. And let's face it, Pete, uh, the Broncos aren't that interesting, haven't been for years. Yeah. And that they spend hours upon hours regurgitating this stuff, and it's just a di- I don't know. It's just a di- everybody well, does whatever they want to do. Yeah, the same hey, thing. Obviously, I, obviously, uh, what I did, uh, I finally uh, my expiration date came pretty soon because <laughs> I'm no longer in the, I'm no longer in the. Yeah, but you could be. So, so could my, Sandy. My, my, uh, my services are no longer required. I look on so the bottom. What there? So I'll tell you. Look on the bottom of your foot. Look for a number. You know. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but. Right now, and to look at the Denver sports scene, and by the way, I, I have no qualifications to talk about sports, but um, the Rockies had a horrible year. The Broncos are in the middle of a horrible year. Um, CU Buffs, that's their football team, and I know that's one of the things close to your heart. So, you know, the, the, um, the hockey team wins the Stanley Cup, and so everybody starts like now and Republican radio, everything is about um, stealing ballots and stealing votes and uh, talking about how this is how they won, They, you know, and the same thing. So nobody nobody really talks, I think, straight. And you got beat. The answer is you got beat. And now we're called Hockey Town USA because of DU. No, you've seen this stuff. And I, I watch it and I listen to it and I guffaw, you know, I go, Hockey Town USA, Denver? But it's the it's the way out. Back to you, if you would. Yeah, well, they uh, you know hockey. We we know the the original hockey town wasn't it the Red Wings, Detroit hockey I, town they call it. I, I, I don't I don't what know it was. Yeah. But they won the Stanley Cup, and you know they're on top right now. They've got the best. They've done. Joe Sackey's done a great job of of uh, getting the players in there, and uh, it's key is you know the key. What do you do with your top draft choices, and when you come in there with guys. Uh, like they have come in there with, you know, Nathan McKinnon, this Kale McCarr, people like that, you know, and, uh, you know, Bengal, you ring the bell. And they've done that. DU, DU's been Always. around yeah. and been playing championship hockey since Hector was a pup. Indeed. I mean, that didn't, that didn't just start. But yeah. uh, the, uh, the Avs now, they're in the middle of a run. And I suspect uh, that, you know, in, uh, until McKinnon and some of those other guys, uh, Landon Scott, some of those other guys, uh, get older, I think they're going to be right there every year. And good for Denver. I mean, it's fun to have somebody. Yeah. That, well, that's God what, knows you yeah. can't count on yeah. the Rockies anymore. Well, and, yeah. it's and like We're talking about the Broncos. Yes, and it's like the Republican Party got its hat handed to it a couple of Tuesdays ago, and I listened to talk shows about, well, no, it really wasn't that bad. I said, yeah, it was that bad. <laughs> it was that bad and worse. And um, we have to find another way to say it. So it's 
well, ballot harvesting. I, if I hear one more on air say, we want for voters and they want for ballots, dude, all it means is they got a turnout. You got beat. And that's the end of it. But it's like, you know, it's like you said about many times about prize fighting. Sometimes a fighter loses a fight and sometimes a fighter wins a fight. But, you know, oftentimes guys t- take a fight and we were talking about Muhammad in the end of those fights. He should have never been in that ring, ever been in that ring. And Larry Holmes is trying to wave the ref in. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Holmes knew what was happening. Yeah, and he never he never wanted it anyway. You know, no, uh, no. Ali was his idol, and Ali curses him in the ring. Bring it, you know. And I don't know. I just watch it. I got to read the book, Pete. Yeah, yeah, it really. Back to what you said, I got to read that book. And it's about Elvis's death and Muhammad's death, and the Elvis stuff. I knew a little bit about. Well, wasn't the Elvis? I know this is off. Subject, no, it doesn't. Wasn't the Elvis? Didn't it have? Didn't it, didn't he kill himself with drugs? I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. He he had you know there was nobody that would intervene. Nobody. He was surrounded by yes. Men yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and you, and you, you mentioned Elvis's time here in Denver. Well, of course, huh. you knew Jerry Kennedy. Oh, very well. went to Jerry's funeral. And Kennedy had great, uh, you know, he had great uh, times with Elvis. Oh, yeah. They I think loved Elvis him. even gave him a Cadillac. I gave think. him all cars. Yeah, gave mm-hmm. everybody trucks and cars. Yep. And it was a, it was a, he, he, he wasn't who they said he was. He was just this, you know, kind of white trash hillbilly kid that had this incredible talent. Yeah. And, that's um, true. and in the end, I, in one of my early recovery meetings, in NA, there's a thing called NA, Narcotics Anonymous, and of course there's AA, Alcohol Anonymous. Some guy once said, he said, if Elvis had to get his dope like we did, he'd have been dead 15 years before he died. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had a doctor giving him drugs, right? That Dr. Nick, he said, yeah. Peter, he said, if he, oh, said, oh. he said, if he said, Elvis had to get his dope like we did, he'd have been dead 15 years before. Because he, he didn't buy street dope, man. He had like, the best thing is, and he goes to see Nixon, you know, all that stuff. And it's, it's what a life. And I don't know. Maybe that's the best we can all ask for. So you got holidays are coming and Merry Christmas. I will get you, I, I'll get you back. But I was going to, Steve is, and I'd like to get, I'd like to do a three-way thing. You, Steve, and Sandy uh, by phone and just sit back and laugh because the stories are legion. And again, uh, Dave said as soon as, you know, all this wraps up, he'll, He'll do the tele- he'll do the YouTube television thing with us, the shoot. And, okay. And that's another one you can certainly be part of. Who's better than Dave Logan? The answer is no one. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, that's right. Nobody. He, he's uh, a man going for another state title. Yes, he is. So, yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, you always make it happen, man. I appreciate it. You're the king, man. Ah, you are the king. We're still here. <laughs> it's good to well, be the king. Well, you, that's, that's the great – and I – when, you know, um, Jake LaMotta – when he screams at Ray, you didn't knock me down, Ray. You know, yeah, yeah. and um, hell yeah. And I, you know, I, yeah. I, I spent an hour with Jake Lamotta and did a television show with Jake Lamotta, and it was like a highlight for me. But and he's waving at him, and he said, "You know, you didn't knock me down, Ray." And that's a real true story. That's a true story. Oh, I know. <sighs> I love you. I can tell you some stories about Lamotta. We'll do it the next time. I promise. I I was like. I just sat in awe of him, you know, and we talked about the Fox fight where he went in the tank. He was pretty open about it. Pete, I went to one of his weddings. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, when I met him, he brought some woman into the studio. Three guys yeah, oh, who brought yeah. great women into the studio. You know, he yeah. did. Norman Mailer did, and Pappy Boyington. Oh, they brought oh, in, boy. and they brought in. You know, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know how old Mailer was. And she was a. She, oh, they were boy. killers. I mean, they were just killers. And yeah, sure they were. Oh, when yeah. Joe, when 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 Lamada came in, he had some killer with him. I'm going like, and they were all yeah. old, beat up guys, man. Like oh, us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, god. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Hey, well, we, yeah, we'll do it. We'll I do promise. It. I love you with my life. Okay, Pete. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Joe. All We've right. got open lines for a little bit. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Christmas is not just a season. It's a bright memory that should be spent. Not worrying about Christmas lights. This coming next week on Wednesday night, we turn on the house. My friends and the owners of Denver Christmas Light Installers came to the house and tuned it up. And I haven't turned it on yet. We're going to pull a surprise. The husband and wife team in Denver, the Christmas Light Installers, here to make your home Christmas decorating dreams come true. Choose from their sleigh full of designs, stunning Christmas lights and decor. They do the install, the maintenance, you know, Different prices, different things you choose. But roll on it now. I mean, next week is um, is Thanksgiving. One less thing for you to worry about. If you've always wanted to light the house up, simple and festive. As a wonderful team. They're good people. 303-521-0588. 303-521-0588. Visit them, denverchristmaslightinstallers.com. It's a lengthy title on their web. All, all together, DenverChristmasLightInstallers.com, and they'll design, you can design, schedule your very own winter wonderlands, but go look at their web. I think you get a kick. DenverChristmasLightInstallers.com, 303-521-0588. It is Saturday morning, everyone. 41 will be the high. Not as cold. Tomorrow, sunny and pleasant, 47 degrees. And back to work Monday, 53 degrees, 303-696-1971. Lines are open. Uh, coming up, Dean Singleton will talk... Uh, a view across Colorado. Also, the Bronco one off him as well. He was very close to Pat Bowlin, good friends. And then the renaming of Mount Evans and this battle that they would kind of try and rename the Webb Telescope. Um, there has to come a moment. 303-696-1971. The temperatures dropped. Winter Park is open. Snow is, I think, I looked this morning, eight runs are open in Winter Park. The ski season has officially arrived, and here we go. And making sure, and I looked at the, there's a camera, a couple of cameras in Winter Park. I'm watching people ski and the sun's out. And, Whoa, wait a minute. Come to Larson Ski and Swap this, this weekend. And they do this every year. And it's the best this weekend for the great deals on skis, boards, boots, jackets, gloves. I was there the end of last week. Everything you need this weekend is the weekend to do it. You owe it to yourself. Visit Larson's Ski and Sport just south of I-70 on Kipling. So today's our day. Again, you owe it to yourself to pay a visit, Larson Ski and Sport. So whether you rent equipment or just want to own it, there's the guys. Absolutely committed to making your ski experience the absolute best. They're so convenient. Stop on your way up the hill or stop on your way home. The big wooden building next to the Crab Shack, south of I-70 on Kipling. So you're westbound on I-70, get off on the Kipling exit, come down the ramp, make a left, come underneath I, come in, uh, underneath I-70, Come out of the tunnel, look to your right to see the Crab Shack. Then seven days a week, this is it. This is the ski and swap. This is the big one. Do yourself a favor for you, the kids, the grandkids. Larson Ski and Sport, today and tomorrow, 9 to 5, South by 70 on Kipling, LarsonSport.com. All right, 303-696-1971. 
up on our website, 710knus.com, we do the shoots. And there's two shoots up. One is with Brother Jeff, and the, and the other one is with Jack Phillips from Masterpiece Bakery. And they're both absolutely so, so spot on. Um, again, guys that believe in having deep belief. And the one with Jack Phillips was just incredible. And, of course, Jeff and I go back. And so it's a walk down memory lane. Also, we're going to do the Thanksgiving Day Parade. George Brockler said, hey, come on. We have done the imaginary Thanksgiving Day Parade for, I don't know, 25 years, 30 years. So I will join George uh, this Wednesday from 7 until 10. And I think the shoot this week is with Aaron Harbour. So it's going to be cool. I mean, it's like the holidays are here. It is interesting to watch the um, Adam Frisch, Lauren Boebert. The guy makes the call and says, oh, you won. Now, I guarantee you that would have not happened the other way around. And if it had been the other way around and Frisch would have been called, Boebert would have said no. The same thing is going on in Arizona with Kerry Lake. And the other part that I, I read this, um, like, middle of last week, Fetterman got a phone call from Dr. Oz conceding. And I thought, that, that's the traditional way that democracy, although now is, everyone's doing their very best to destroy it, Kerry Lake got beat. Adam Frisch got beat. Look how differently they handle it. All right, my friend David Ellis, you've heard me talking to you about Valiums. That was, that was with David this week. Get a fortune in cash and secure an appraisal from David for all the values you have tucked away in your home. It's true, but the holiday season's here. And see David Ellis just in case you don't have a Rolex watch, rare coins, or silver tea sets. This is great stuff. See David for all of your meaningful gift-giving occasions. David Ellis Jewelers is just the right item at just the right price for special people that mean the most. Antique watches, emerald pennants, gold necklaces, diamond rings. Trusted jewelers been buying precious metals and antiques in Colorado for decades. Dazzling cases filled with hundreds of new and used pieces your loved ones will treasure. It is the best. David Ellis Jewelers, see for yourself. Look for the black awning on the corner of 3rd and... It's an easy place. 3rd and, and, and Clayton. I was there... Three times in the last three weeks. Third and Clayton and Cherry Creek. DavidEllisJewelry.com on the web. Or call David. Great gifts, great things. 303-322-8779. And tell the man I sent you. But gift giving time. Walk in. See David Ellis Jewelers today. All right. We go to uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. You're on a radio show. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Pete. Uh, just a quick historical question for you. I, I like you, am tired of talk radio and yeah. the last couple of weeks yeah. of... Uh, election fraud. But my question historically is, I don't believe we've really ever had a clean, uh, fraud-free election in our history of the United States. When I think back to people with whiskey jar, whiskey barrels okay. outside the polling places, sure. Sure. the uh, the 1876 election, if you ever read about that with of Samuel course. Tilden and Rutherford B. Hayes. Sure. And then uh, you've talked a lot about uh, Nixon and Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Nixon lost by 100,000 votes out of 68 million. Um, but here, there's a, so, there's a major know. difference. I mean, the proclaiming of nationwide fraud that begins with this whole insanity of going into Colombia and going into votes being counted in Europe and just that insanity that was put out uh, by that original strike force. And now it ratchets down. Now we're just dealing with Arizona. Um, no. Have they been... Have they been um, read... I don't know if you ever read um, Carno's books on Lyndon Johnson, the master master of the Senate. 
But not yet. Well, it, it, there was a place in Texas called Duval County, Texas, and there was a guy yeah. I remember called a guy by the name of George Parr, and Parr yeah. was known as the Duke of Duval County. And oh. as the story goes, it was like 113 dead Latinos voting in alphabetical order. <laughs> no, I mean, of course they yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what, Cook County, uh, West Virginia, for the primary for Kennedy. There's no question. Yeah. But to talk about this enormous um, lie, fraud, and it's, I, I think it's echoed of looking at, well, you go ahead, you take it from there. But no, what I agree, clean, that's a relative term. Um, yeah. Certainly, you know, and Jack Kennedy Nixon, I don't, if it wasn't for Cook County and Dick Daly, but if it wasn't for the yeah. mob in West Virginia, he wouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, you can make a good case for that. I agree. And uh, I, I guess where I was coming from all this is that there's all this talk that just does not seem to die down. I'm wondering if we were to educate people on history. There's no such thing as a perfect election, a fraud-free election. If we could educate them on our history and where we've been and where we're at now, um, I, I think it would put a stop to a lot of this insanity. But it's... Remember, it's a lie that was started by Donald Trump even prior to the results. And he said, you know, they'll st- and I'm watching, Boebert said, if she wins, it's clean. If she loses, it was stolen. And this guy, this guy, he took everybody to school. He called her up and said, you won. When I read Fetterman, uh, the story yeah. by Fetterman, that he, get the call, he got the call from Dr. Oz. The mega people don't do this. I mean, it's, this is the stuff that is so disgusting to me. Look, this guy just gave, he taught Lauren Boebert. I hope he taught Lauren Boebert. He said, look, the election was clean. I lost. He's not claiming. Yeah, the recount's not going to make a no, difference. No, it's so not going to make a difference. It's and, yeah. and And, and no. It's, no, I mean, you're, 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 you're questioning your, and you're, you're stating these facts. It, it's all true. I mean, it's, but, you know, Ronald yeah. Reagan, Ronald Reagan didn't steal an election. Uh, the one that's always iffy and fun to read about is Al Gore and W when it got to the court. Well, yeah. I mean, there are people yeah. that I've read, and I don't know this to be true, that that was a thank you very much to Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard the same thing. No, and so, you know, when – and Nixon, as the stories go, Nixon had the chance to really call it. And Bobby Kennedy, who is a total heel, Bobby Kennedy knew that Nixon had visited a, a, a physician – surrogate psychiatrist and I'm, i just finished this eisenhower book that's so i mean and, it, and it's so good about ike and i'm reading another one that rides with it but eisenhower nurse this is a great great in history after the second world war he goes to soviet union and he's standing on lenin's tomb with georgie zukov and and they become friends they become very good friends and i'm and and um and they're talking about communism, and they're talking about these different things. And Ike writes much later, standing on Lenin's tomb, uh, two people down from Joe Stalin, standing there with George, George Zukov, is not the time to argue about capitalism. Isn't that a, I mean, what a great moment. <laughs> but they come back, and he goes to see Zukov. And they, they are friends. And then, in the end, Khrushchev comes here. And he and he asks about his friend, and you know. Then by this time they've just, you know, dismissed Georgie Zukov. But what a what a great moment! They're on, they're standing on Lenin's tomb, and it's they're all there. And I'm thinking to myself, and there's something that 
a moment, right? And and Ike figures it all out. He's a brilliant man. And Eisenhower didn't steal anything. Yeah, uh, and you know, one thing that's missing, I think, from the the age of Ike and and people prior to that is uh, Eisenhower. To me, was a very statesmanlike oh, person in a decent, lot of ways. Decent man. We we have we have politicians and really yeah, kind of yeah. nasty people that sure. are in office now, and and winning the presidency all the time for the last thirty years. Um, we've really lost statesmanship. Yes. And all the way down into the Senate level, and you, I, I you think name it. The last, and then we got to jump. The last great man to be president of the United States was Ronald Reagan. Great man. After that, yeah, I, they're, they're they're politicians. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the time. Good call. I would come back with Dean Singleton. Stay here, seven ten KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.